Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. This week, I am so thrilled to share with you my conversation with Laura Wilson, founder of Natural Pilates, the Pilates company with studios in Beverly Hills, Brentwood, West Hollywood, Sherman Oaks, and New York City. And they also do live stream classes. Now, I am new to Pilates. Prior to this conversation with Laura, I really didn't know much about it. So I was thrilled to have her on to give an overview of Pilates, but also to share her story with starting the business. And as you'll find out in today's episode, Laura is originally from Romania. She moved to the US when she was 21 years old and with only $100 in her pocket. Having been a former national champion archer in Romania, Laura switched up her career when she moved to the States and she started working as a massage therapist. Shortly after that, in 2005, that is when she founded Natural Pilates. I chatted with Laura earlier this year, and needless to say, I was personally really intrigued and inspired by her career. So in this episode, we'll be chatting about her pivot into Pilates, as well as how she learned to pivot with her company during the pandemic. Laura is incredibly determined and business savvy, so I think you'll really enjoy hearing her story. So let's get into it. You know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Well, Laura Wilson, thank you so much for coming on. I had just mentioned to you, I I am new to Pilates and you seem to be the queen of it. You're doing something right. I am so excited to chat with you about Pilates itself and all your work with natural Pilates and just how you got involved in in teaching and building this Pilates empire on both the West Coast and now the East Coast. So thanks for coming on to chat about it. Thank you so much for having me. Um, So my name is Laura Wilson. I'm originally from Romania. I moved in the United States in 2002 at the age of 21. And originally I came with inter-exchange student programs. Uh, so the, the plan was to come in, work for three months, and then return back to Romania, where at the time I had my license to be an esthetician. So that was the plan. The plan was to, to do that. But when I moved in America in the first two weeks, I was just like, you know, looking at all these young people driving nice cars. And I'm like, it's no way I'm going back. So I applied for school and I stayed and I extended my visa from travel visa to a student visa. And, um, you know, three, six months down the line, you know, I really thought I really want to live here. I want to build a livelihood here. I want to build a career here. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know what to do. So in Romania, a little bit of backstory. I used to be in a Romanian national archery team. So I've been in sports my whole life. And also I've been in dance. So not like um, salsa dancing or contemporary or something like that, but more folk dance. 
folk dance, it's a little bit more like stiff kind of dance, but it's super fun. Anyway, so I've been very athletic my whole life. And, you know, when I thought about the career, like I couldn't really, you know, young people cannot really decide what they want to do. So I was kind of unsure. Um, so for that time being, I thought I'm just going to go to massage school because it was super related to facials. I had my cosmetology license back in Romania. And then I'll see where where that takes me. So I went to massage school. I finished. I started working in a physical therapy office where they used to do Pilates for rehabilitation. So that's how I first got introduced to Pilates. And I never did it myself just because I was 21. At 21, you don't really have a lot of injuries, right? But, um, you know, I was exposed to it. So I was kind of seeing people teaching it. And kind of seemed appealing. I didn't know what it is. I didn't try it at all. Um, along those lines, I had a car accident. Somebody re-rented me. And I started having a tremendous amount of pain in my neck. So what happened is um, I couldn't do as much massage as I normally do. Because I had a lot of neck pain from the accident. So then I'm like, I need to do something else. What can I do? So that's when the light bulb went on and I'm like, I want to get certified in this. So immediately I want to get certified without even trying it, not even once. I just kind of looked at it. It looked cool. I'm going to do that. Well, I fell in love with it. And from just one uh, piece of machine, uh, I start studying more and more and more. And throughout the time, now it's 18 years later, I still study and I still have a lot of passion for it. And I just love it. So when I hear people never done Pilates before, I'm always like, oh, my God, you got to try it because I'm addicted to it. So I can't see my life without Pilates because it just makes my body feel so good. You know, um, many times exercise does not make your body feel good. Exercise, usually it's strenuous and people are like, oh, my God, I got to go work out again. So Pilates is not like that. Pilates, it really makes you feel good and it feels good actually when you do it. So when you do it, sometimes you feel the burn, it burns, but it feels so good when it burns. So it's not like a bad burn. It's like a good burn. <laughs> Definitely. And so, sometimes the good burns are good. <laughs> yeah. So, but again, it's probably one of the only exercises where you basically lie down on your back and you exercise, you know, of course you don't lie on your back the whole session, but you know, I always, when I tell people like what Pilates is, and I'm like, don't worry, you're going to lay down on your back and you're still going to feel the burn, you know? So. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 that's what I'd love to dive into because, um, you know, as I mentioned to you before, I'm new to Pilates. I've heard so many people, I have so many friends that do it, but I'd still love if you wouldn't mind sharing for myself, who's sort of a beginner when it comes to Pilates and then just other people out there who don't really know what it is. If you wouldn't mind giving an overview of what Pilates is, what a typical session looks like, you know, doing it. All right. So Pilates can be done either on the mat or on the reformers. That's like the main machine. And on the mat, you've probably done it in a gym. A lot of people borrow Pilates exercise and they do it in a yoga class or Pilates exercise and they do it in you know, other exercise modalities, at the end of the day, uh, the exercises are just tools. But what's cool about Pilates is really, if you get to do it on a machine, is the machine itself, which is pretty amazing, and I'm going to show it to you, 
but also the basic principles that follow. So yoga, for example, it's more uh, exercise for the mind. Not that Pilates is not, right? But yoga, it's more to relax your mind, to, you know, to get into your body and to open up your body and to the type of breathing you do in yoga. It's a little bit different than Pilates. In Pilates, the main focus, at least for me, different people might teach it different ways, right? So different people might present it like more like a stretch. For us, it's more like an athletic style. So, but at the same time, I want to be athletic, but not too much where I feel pain. I want it to feel a good burn and not like a bad burn. You know what I mean? So um, it is a combination of feeling like you're stretching, though, even though you're not quite stretching, you're going through full ranges of motion. So full range of motion means like my arm is moving this way. That's my full range of motion. So yeah, you can... Think about like a stretch, right? I'm going to a full motion, which means like my body on this side of my arm are stretching. Mm -hmm. So in Pilates, you move through this full range of motion, but under tension, right? In yoga, the tension is given by gravity, right? Because your, your body weight is the challenger. In Pilates, it's more like strength training. You have uh, a piece of equipment and the main force, um, the main is, uh uh, form of resistance is a spring and I'm going to show it to you so this is behind me here is a reformer can you see it yep all right so it has a tower part to it and then it has this sliding part of it which is like a sliding like a carriage that moves in and out and it has wheels to it the form of the resistance is a spring so I'm going to bring you a spring so you can see it's a spring, so when you exercise, the more you stretch the spring, the more resistance you're going to get, right? It's a little bit different than if you think of like a free weight, right? That only moves in one direction. It kind of pulls down to the floor. The spring kind of coils and recoils back, and it gives you like um, inertia. into like, For example, if I'm pulling it out, it pulls me in. So in order for me not to let it just pull me in like that so fast, I really have to control the pulling back in. So that's where it, it comes in of being super unique on creating that resistance within the movement. So as I push out the stretches, as I come in back into the range of motion, I have to resist the resistance, which is kind of cool because increases stability in the body, you know, but also kind of pulls you out of balance. So you have to use your muscles to rebalance yourself, mm -hmm. right? But we're still doing simple exercises, like we're doing bicep curls, right? We're doing chest press, but we call it a little bit different. The names are a little bit different than the traditional names. I'm trying to be a little bit more simplistic in my approach where I call the exercise what it is. So if we do a crunch, it's a crunch. If we do a bicep curl, I call it a bicep curl. If we're doing a movement like this, which in Pilates is called hug a tree, like this, you know, this is kind of like a fly or like a chest press at the gym, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the same, but it's called a little bit different. And the only main difference is, is this form of resistance that, you know, you're, we're not using three weights, we're just using the springs, which creates that amazing feeling in your body. So you definitely need to go try it out. Where do you live? Where are you from? And I'm sort of all over the place, but um, I live between the UK and Pennsylvania. 
So oh, wow. okay. <laughs> yeah, an East Coast girl, but I did used to live in New York and I know you have a studio in Soho, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Pilates seems to be everywhere these days. And I think I, I've been really curious because you had brought up, um, you know, earlier when you were talking about sort of your origin story with it and how you got involved with it, you brought up your neck injury. And I have been looking for something to sort of cure and help fix a lot of neck pain that I've been having lately. I sit behind a desk a lot. I feel like, oh my goodness, just editing and everything we do virtually these days. I'm always at a computer. I'm always at a desk and it's caused a lot of pain in my neck. Um, I tried going to a chiropractor that helped a little bit, but um, I think it's really just finding something that can help me stretch those muscles out every day. So I'm interested. It's not even even so much about stretching those muscles because that's the problem. The problem is that the muscles are placed on the stretch too long right Mm -hmm. so for example like when you're like on the desk and you're looking down the the muscles on the back of the neck are placed under stretch because of the gravity Mm -hmm. do you see what I mean so what happens is we get stuck in that position and we don't move enough that's really the the issue overall it's not moving enough and then we're super stressed and we're always like this on our cell phones so that the muscles in a in the neck, the traps are getting overused just because of the postural situation, right? The way we're sitting or whatever we're doing. So the key aspect to it is really learning how to move your body and, you know, keep moving your body and taking breaks of what you're doing and strengthening your body versus stretching your body, right? Because the problem is not that your body is too tight because it's like in one position, it's too tight because you're not moving enough, mm-hmm. you know? So tightness is um, uh, end result of an instability or, or a potential weakness. So when we get to sit in a position every day for many, many hours, we build imbalances and we build weaknesses. So um, my biggest piece of advice would be to really learn on how to move your upper body correctly, some of your shoulder blades, you know, and really kind of taking breaks and working on your back muscles, working on your posture, it really helps. But also like, um, you know, just learning to take small breaks, like 15 minutes and do exercises for your neck, exercises for the shoulders, and actually like really good, mostly if you're home, I'll show you. You can purchase this flex dance. It's almost like, you know, a kind of cool form of resistance. And we use it a lot in Pilates. And you can just like sit at the desk and kind of like pull on them and just kind of do different exercises where you mobilize your back. You know, you squeeze your shoulder blades together. You know, you, you bring a little bit of flow of blood into the those muscles around the neck and the shoulder that usually you don't use and you can find places in your office where you can just hook it up and then you could do all kinds of like back exercises where you activate the lats and you know the triceps and the posterior all the posterior muscles of your back that will you know keep you in the right posture and then when you get back to the desk you at least have awareness of oh my gosh, you know, like I'm going to sit up tall because I just activated those muscles, you know? So I think those 
mindful little movements to put in through the day will actually help a lot, you know, mm -hmm. but also if you have time to go and get like a full on experience on being on a machine, that's pretty amazing as well. Yeah, no, that's so true because I, I, one of my other issues is that I'm also very tall. So I feel like I'm naturally just always kind of like hunched over looking down. I swear I used to have good posture at one point in my life, but I feel like over time <laughs> I've just gotten so, you know, bogged down and um, I can like feel myself, you know, in a, especially when I'm stressed, especially when I'm tensed in those hunched positions. But I love what you said about taking breaks. And I hear that all the time. And I feel like it becomes so easy to say, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for it, but it's so important to do it. It's so important to do it. The problem is the the less you move, the less you're going to move. So, you know, if you don't move and exercise, you're going to get, you know, less mobile and less flexible over time. So, you know how older people say, oh, I can't cross my legs anymore. Well, why they can't cross their legs anymore? Because now, 20 years later, they're sitting down and they want to cross their legs when they didn't cross their legs throughout 20 years, you know? Mm -hmm. So you can't not do something and then over the sudden do something and expect, oh, it's just like when I was 20 years old, you know, mm -hmm. we, I tell my kids all the time. I have two kids, a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. I always tell them, you know, you have to keep practicing to get good at something. Like you're not going to stay flexible and strong unless you exercise and you do the exercises that you need to do in order to be flexible and strong. Flexibility is not something that... It's something that comes natural when you're young, but if you don't work on it, you're going to lose it. Use it or lose it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it applies. It really does. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, so I got into, you know, Pilates in 2000 and probably was at that point, 2005. I moved in America in 2002 and I opened my first studio in Beverly Hills across the street from the Peninsula Hotel, which at that time was just one room, one room with two machines. And I start building the clients one at a time. So I used to do massage there. And also I used to do Pilates because that massage I already, you know, knew how to do. So I added Pilates to it. So I named the business originally Natural Pilates and Body Works. Later, I start pulling away from massage. I didn't want to do massage anymore. So then it became just Natural Pilates versus, you know, Natural Pilates and Body Works. Mm -hmm. um, after like 10 10 years, 10, 12 years of mastering what we were doing, we decided to open the second studio. So it took a while to, you know, to, to open the second studio just because nobody taught me how to do things. So I had to kind of teach myself. And I had a lot of trial and error into do this, do, don't do this, do that. This doesn't work, that works, you know. And many times I'm like, sharing all my information with anybody that wants to know I don't have any secrets you know I'm more than happy to to talk to people that want to open their own business and to be a mentor but nobody really did it for me I kind of had to figure out about myself and coming from another country it's a language barrier as well as you know like the first several years of business I didn't really know what I'm doing so I was just teaching Pilates really <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's what I found, Laura, so interesting about your story is that you came from Romania, you moved to the States, to LA, which is, you know, not the easiest city to start out in for, for really any profession. Sure, a lot of opportunity, but to really make your mark, it's such a big city. So I loved that, you know, you you really moved there with 
um, you know, a dream of just starting out for yourself in one capacity or another. You started with massages and then that grew into something bigger and grander with Pilates, which is so cool. And I would love to know, like you just brought up sort of business advice. What advice do you offer out for anyone in a similar situation moving to a new country and whether it be the States or really anywhere moving to a new country and, you know, starting out and creating a business for yourself? So, you know, depends, depends what angle you're looking at. Depends if you have money or you don't have money to start a business, right? Because if you have a lot of capital, then it's like, no problem. You hire the people, you spend the money into making what you need to make and you hire consultants, right? That's the most ideal situation. But me, I started with a loan of $25,000, which a studio today to open a natural Pilates costs about 400,000 cash plus uh, the loan of the equipment, which is another 120,000. So you really need to have like a half a million dollars to open a business. But I started at that point in time with 25, I bought the equipment and I didn't really think about like the risk of it, right? Because I only had one room. My rent was slow because it was small space. And, you know, I literally like just worked my way through it. One client at a time. I built it up slowly till I got really busy. And then, you know, I hired somebody and then slowly we keep building and building and building. That's why it took like 10 years. The space we're in today right now, um, this was one of the rooms. For, so I took the whole top floor of the building where I was in first time in 2005. When in 2005, I had just one room in the back. And we used to have on this hallway, it's like an office building. We used to have like a travel agent, a photography person, like an insurance person here. So then slowly throughout the years, I mean, I've been here for 18 years now. Slowly throughout the years, one person left and then I was ready. My business was at the point, I was like, I'm going to take over this. And then another person left, I'm going to take over this. So this is now what normally happens, right? When you want to open a business. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was so young. I was only 24 when I opened the business. It didn't really matter. I had time and I put a lot of work into it. Like I was here 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. So you can't build a business unless you have money with like just sitting at home and just telling people what to do. Like I had to be here and do it by myself. I used to clean. I used to make appointments. I used to teach. I used to do everything, you know? And then when I got busy teaching, I hired people to do different jobs and stuff. So it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight unless you have the cash, you know? So I would suggest if somebody wants to open a business is to start small And then see where it takes. Because I didn't know where I'm going to be. Like when I started the business, I didn't know. Like I said, oh, let me me just take the space and I'll be here for a couple of years and then I'll figure it out. But like now it's like 18 years later looking back and I'm like, oh my God, I was actually training my landlord today. And he, you know, he was, he's my client since 18 years ago. And I said, long time ago when we were young and you came in to train, he actually came in to stretch. Because that was the whole idea about Pilates. And, mm-hmm. you know, now he's like, I came in for stretching and you're like kicking my butt. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, you just never know where things go and what happens in the future, you know? So when I was ready, 11 years later, so my second studio was 2016. My first studio was 2005. 
11 years, it's a long time, you know? And I, again, I didn't really know how to set up a studio from scratch. So the second studio was not like a build-up, was a setup. Mm -hmm. You know, I set it up to start the construction and everything that needs to be done. And then slowly we start learning on how do we need to market this business? Because now I didn't have my clients that I built up slowly. Right. It was a brand new studio with no clients, zero. You know, and it's scary to have so much expense with zero clients, you know, so it's a, a little bit different situation than somebody that's building up their name slowly and people start getting to know them. And it's like, oh, I know natural Pilates, you know, I'm not big enough yet, or I wasn't big enough yet at that point where second Sude opened in a different area where I wasn't known, where people kind of know, oh, natural Pilates is, I know it, it's known studio. It wasn't like that because I wasn't big enough yet, you know, so slowly next year we opened another one and then the year after we opened another one and then pandemic hit hmm. so um you know it was not very ideal for a small business that you know i put all the money back into business so i can open more studios right because i didn't have the money to I didn't have any investors or anything that put all the money in. Sure. So whatever I made, whatever I put back in. So now pandemic hits what I'm going to do. You know, I was thinking my whole, my whole work of like 15 years is going to fall down to the drain. So yeah, that's the, that's the story. The question so many people, you know, across so many different professions were asking themselves, but especially, you know, anybody who worked in any sort of fitness realm, you know, how do you go about teaching people, training people when you can't meet with them in person? So I guess with that said, I'd love to shift over to your online stuff. So then you shifted online and started online training, online classes, correct? Right. So on the March 15, we got closed down. On March 16, we had a full schedule online on Zoom. So um, I mobilized everybody because every, everybody was scared. You know, I don't know if you remember that day, but everybody was scared. Nobody knew what's happening. I had a meeting with my whole staff and we said, we're going online and we're doing mat Pilates. And everybody's like, what, what? We don't do mat Pilates. We're not in a studio. We only do reformer. We don't do mat, you know? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to try to put the programming together. We programmed together and we came up with all the routines and we tried to keep the same schedule like we had in a, in a, in a studio. Then we had little bags ready with, for people to come and pick them up with like little balls like this. Mm -hmm. Pilates ball, which is an amazing tool uh, for you could do so many exercises with this little ball. And then we had flex bands like this that we put in a package. And just like weights, little things that people could use during the workout because adding props to your workout makes your workouts more fun and challenging. So I basically took all whatever I had in a studio, I pulled them out, I gave them to people to do it at home. And we actually did okay for being shut down, you know, but I was kind of freaking out because it's like so many rents. You know, I had rents for four studios and my income went from like this much to this much you know mm -hmm. so definitely a very scary time and you know luckily the government helped out small businesses so I got a couple of loans and I was able to help all my employees 
have extra money, you know, and go through these times without freaking out. We helped them apply for unemployment as well while they were teaching online classes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somehow, um, you know, I end up, I managed to make it through the pandemic. Three months later, after the whole thing shut down happened, I think we maybe opened for like a short, like a month. They allowed us to open. I don't know if you remember right, or not. And then we were shut down again. Mm-hmm. So then when we got shut down again, they said we can be outside. So when that was said, I have, I moved one of my studios outside in a parking lot of a hotel. And then another studio, we're lucky, we have this beautiful patio facing the downtown LA. Mm-hmm. And I moved eight machines outside on the patio by myself. Like I literally physically moved them all out <laughs> and we started classes outside and we had a great success. You can imagine. But then we figure, oh my gosh, it's raining, it's 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 windy, it's this is that. What we're we gonna do? Because now it's like three years later, you know, we had right. to figure out on buying tents, figure out how to put the tents in the ground so they don't fly away. Um, you know, how we gonna deal with the rain now? Mostly, like the past couple of months, it's been raining so much, it's crazy. Um, you know. Just little things that we had. Oh, we have no lighting. How are we going to put lighting outside? You know, just mm-hmm. like basically had to learn construction stuff and like physics stuff. I'm like, I need to make sure that everybody's safe if we go outside. And then how do we clean the equipment? Is the equipment even going to last to being outside in different weather conditions? You know, mm-hmm. so definitely a very interesting learning process and changing in the way we do things and, you know, just being able to, you know, to shift from what we were doing before to what we were trying to do now while keeping the online classes going at the same time, because people, some people didn't feel comfortable coming back into the studio for the longest time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we just wanted to make sure that we are able to accommodate anybody and everybody. So we had at home sessions, we had, outside sessions we have in studio sessions so you know people could pick you want to work out the mask you want to work out without a mask you want to work inside you want to work outside where do you want to do you know so but i mean it was was definitely a process and looking back i'm really happy that you know we went through it and it really taught me on how can i teach people remotely so when we opened new york um, you know, I'm like, no problem. We can do all the training on Zoom. You know, I can watch people teaching on Zoom. I can give them feedback. I don't necessarily need to be there in person to see quality control anymore because through all this like new way of doing business mm-hmm. on remotely, you know. So because before the pandemic, if you would have asked me, you know, if you open a studio in New York, how are you going to train people? I'll be like, uh, I'll figure it out, you know. But now I'm like, no, I got it down now. I know how to do it, you know. So I think it's a positive thing at the end of the day. I mean, pandemic was not a positive thing for a lot of people. But for business development, I feel like a lot of people came up with innovative things. And a lot of businesses were born. A lot of businesses got shut down, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of shit happened. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and so much of it to your point was such a learning curve, but I, 
think it's so cool, at least I've really appreciated by talking to so many different, you know, entrepreneurs and and business owners about how they they shifted during the pandemic and changed their business models and how they operate. I think everybody really did sort of develop this this superpower. I feel like our resilience and our ability to sort of adapt to that time really became a superpower. And just hearing you talk about having to like physically take equipment outdoors and restructure your whole setup. I mean, that's amazing. And I feel like that sort of, I don't know, the the desperation to make things work in the situation that we were in and to try and, you know, make sure workers were being paid, making sure bills were being paid. I think that that drive and that determination is is such a superpower at the end of the day. And I think how business owners were able to, like I said, how they, everybody was able to just adapt to that and persevere and get through it and rise to the occasion and, and even go the extra mile. You know, I think to me, I've just enjoyed seeing that. And um, I think that's definitely like you, like you brought up, the pandemic was a, a, a really, I mean, there wasn't really a lot great about it, but looking at the silver linings, that was definitely something that, you know, was really great that that came out of it in terms of business and how we we operate and how we're thinking and that bigger picture. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for future and for, you know, the, the new generations up to come, um, it's so important to problem solve, you know, and I feel like people are talking a lot about in America about we are problem solving, but honestly, like not a lot of people actually problem solve. Like if everybody will problem solve, I think we would be in such a better place, you know, like a lot of times, like somebody has to solve the problem for many people. Like the more we think about how can we fix things versus on, you know, how can we make things better versus like oh this is my job and this is what I'm doing you know I think we we definitely need to shift more into like find solutions you know find solutions and let's make this thing work a little bit better whatever this thing is it doesn't have to be a Pilates business it just can be anything you know and you know things always come up and you can hear about a complaint for three hours Versus hearing about a complaint for 10 minutes and then finding a solution and move away from it, you know, mm-hmm. um, because just sitting on it is just not going to help anybody, me or anybody else to keep hearing about a specific complaint. So I think the advice is, you know, um, on just critical thinking and try to make fast changes because we don't we as humans don't like to change things, you know. <laughs> it's like we're we're getting stuck in this like routine or whatever we're doing and you know we keep doing it even if it doesn't work and many times I say like if it doesn't work what do you do mm-hmm. keep trying harder no we're not trying any more harder we tried hard enough like now it's time to change just do it different way you know because mm-hmm. it keeps failing keeps failing it's like it tells you something like it's not the right way <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, constantly, I think thinking outside of the box and and how can we be, you know, you brought up the word innovative before and it's like, how can we be more innovative and how can we, you know, reach people in a different way, bring in new consumers, a new audience. 
Um, all those things I think are really, are, are really what makes a great business and a great entrepreneur. And you clearly know a lot about that because, you know, you brought up your locations before. And for anybody that doesn't know, you have studios in Beverly Hills, Brentwood, Sherman Oaks, West Hollywood, all out in LA there. And also in New York, you you opened up a studio in um, in Soho as well. So having all those different studios and, you know, you talked about your story starting out at 24, not really knowing much about Pilates, but learning along the way and growing your clientele. I think that's just as somebody who is 24 and, and has a lot of hopes and dreams of things I, I still want to do out there. I think that's really great, a great approach to starting out small, but building big and um, acknowledging that, you know, big things do, it takes time. I think a lot of people start out these days wanting that instant success, instant, you know, gratification, gratification. And I, it, it's not always that easy and it, it, it takes time. Those nice things, those big pictures take a lot of time, um, but that you've clearly put into your work. So what has that whole experience you know, now having all these different studios, I mean, what's been, how, how has that been for you as, as a business owner? I think it's, it's challenging, you know, at times there's a lot of reward, right? So today at 6am, you know, because it's been raining, we only had two people show up at the first class, uh, which is early enough, you know, and, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, 6am, two people only like, you know, this weather, I'm just so tired of it. But then I went in and, you know, the client said, I just want to tell you, you know, whatever I've been doing here at Pilates, it really helped me out, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you know, and we were talking about a little bit about business and stuff. And I'm like, see, this is the things that drive me the most, the, you know, people feeling better, people having changing their lives by doing Pilates and, you know, the routines that it's not necessarily the Pilates routine, but getting a, in a routine of doing something that helps you, uh, you know, it brings, it brings you in a different lighting and a different and a positive, you know, perspective versus a, like a negative one. So, you know, I think helping people, it really kind of pushed me through the years of, you know, keep pushing and keep pushing. And even today, because many times I'm like, oh my God, this is like, so much you know when I had one studio it used to be fun now five studios it's not my my I, I'm still teaching 30 hours a week but now the shift becomes more into the admin side on like growing the business and um you know not just that but legally to make sure that I'm doing everything the way I'm supposed to do things and you know making sure that everybody has the right paperwork in place and make sure that we're handling everything appropriately you know so it's a lot of like back-end stuff that I don't necessarily love you know but I have to do it if I want to grow my brand you know so uh, you know to be honest like yeah I love the idea of having naturalized nationwide but in another you know to to so for people to be able to experience and explore it and change people's lives but when it comes to the back end I'm like oh my gosh it's so much you know because it is a lot it's like 30 employees and you know growing up and you know it's just a lot of responsibility a lot of responsibility between being responsible for everybody to get their paycheck, to make sure we get enough business, to make sure that 
Um, you know, all the rents are paid, you know, to make sure that everybody is happy, to make sure that all the communications between the staff members are good and everybody's getting along. It's just not only Pilates, right? Because it would be only Pilates that would be like my happiness on earth. Like, you know, I still love teaching. That's why I teach because I could probably not just run the business would not give me enough satisfaction. I really enjoy, you know, the teaching aspect. And now we teach other teachers too on top of it. So I just have a love for sharing my knowledge and, you know, what we do here with other, you know, with other trainers, with new instructors, because I'm not going to be able to spread the love alone. I'm going to need people that understand my vision to take that vision and send it, affect other people in their way. So if you think about it, it's not just me affecting people, but it's all the employees that work in all the studios and teach clients. Those people are affecting other people too. So yeah, I mean, you have to look at the bigger picture in order to actually be able to move it through because it gets hard. You know, it's hard. It's not easy to 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 have so many businesses because majority of times people say, oh my God, that's so amazing. You have so many studios. And I'm like, yeah, it's very amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's just because I see, I see both ends, you know, I don't just see the fun part, the teaching, I see the hard part too. So it's just like a a constant struggle between like, oh, it's hard, but I love it. Oh, it's hard, but I love it so much. So people ask me, why keep opening more studios? And I'm like, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. There's so much behind the scenes that happens. It's not just Pilates. It's not just the physical aspect of what you're doing. There's so much on in going on in the background. And I think that's really important for, you know, any any business, you know, that's, that's how it is. It's not just whether you own a store, it's not just, you know, the store, it's what goes on behind the scenes. Um, and I, I love what you brought up too, though, about employees and how important having a good staff is somebody who knows your, your mission and like why you're doing what you're doing. Um, that makes, you know, a business so much more, so much more beneficial and so much more stronger um is when you have a team that really understands you know the central the central message and and what you as an owner are seeking out to do so that's really important as well and and like i said you you have all these studios you've you've grown in your own way at your own pace but really made something long lasting you have clients that love your work, love what you're doing, which, you know, you're, you're doing something right, clearly. So I, I think, like, like I said earlier, just your story and getting started with it, I think is so interesting. And for anybody out there that wants to get involved with, you know, whether it be anybody who's on, uh, out in California on the West coast or anybody in New York and New York city, um, anybody who wants to get involved with your, your classes at the studios there, or online, you know, how can people do that? And, and what do you recommend in terms of maybe a schedule, a rhythm, getting into Pilates for anybody who's a beginner as well? Uh, well, we like, for example, if you don't know if you're going to like it or not, we do have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's Natural Pilates. And you can go there and try 10 minutes of abs or 10 minutes of arms and see if you like the feeling or, you know, kind of start learning and getting into your journey of Pilates. And if you do, 
Um, we do have an online subscription. It's called Natural Pilates TV. So it's www.naturalpilatestv.com. You can subscribe there and you can try one week of free workouts. And those workouts are a little bit longer. They're like 30 minutes to 45 minutes long. And we do workouts with props and we do workouts without props. So whatever works for you, you know, we're very form focused. So the delivery of the workouts hopefully is for you to understand what you're doing and how you do it correctly versus just doing the exercises, right? Because a lot of times you can do exercises, but you don't know how to do them. So I hope that message gets transmitted through all our videos. Um, and then, you know, if you enjoy it and if you, you know, if you're in LA or if you're in New York or hopefully other places in the future, um, you know, you can, uh, to come in into the studio, you just visit our website, naturalpilates.com and you can uh, create a profile there and schedule classes online or you can reach out to the studios. Each studio has a um, admin team so they, they can help you on making appointments or answering any kind of questions you may have. Um, you know, we also work with a lot of people that come in from uh, rehabilitation because in our West Hollywood location, it's in a medical building, docs, orthopedic, and um, they send a lot of their patients to us. So we're very well-rounded in working with prenatal, back surgeries, knee surgeries, hip replacements, just really about anything. I mean, we don't do the rehabilitation right after the surgery, but we come in right after that's done. And, you know, we always can talk to the physical therapist and make sure that everybody's on the same page when training one client. So, you know, the whole, the main goal is for clients to improve um, into their strength and to improve their abilities to move better because that's the final goal, right? I mean, when you're young, you just want to get a good workout and call it a day. But I, I say that all the time. When you're 35 and over, your main goal should be really maintenance and longevity, not killing yourself, you know, because many times when you're young, you just work out so hard, you injure yourself and then you go backwards or you start rehabilitation, you know? So it's super important to work out smart and listen to your body versus mm -hmm. just like really killing yourself for no reason because people that want to lose weight, you know, it's exercise is not everything, you know, exercise is part of it. You know, so just because you work out, out hard, it doesn't mean anything. So you can just, you know, get your results that you want through having consistency. Consistency is more important than working out hard, you know. Mm -hmm. So somebody that wants to stay and have a, you know, um, a body that looks good, feels good and carries on through longevity, like I can look the same now. And I could look the same at 60. I'll be very happy. You know, yeah. I mean, my husband says all the time, like, you look better now than when you were 20. I don't think so. But he thinks so. So that's okay. You know, that's, that's <laughs> but, all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. But, you know, honestly, what I can say is that, yes, my body looks just like when I was 20, because I'm working out because I stay consistent in my training. And I don't kill myself. I don't go to the point where I injure myself. And then I can't work out for I don't know how long. So it's very important to educate your clients to listen to their bodies and challenge themselves, but not to the point of breakdown, you know, like challenge yourself enough to where you feel like you get satisfaction from the training you got. And, you know, another thing that comes along with 
you know, working out and looking good and being healthy is eating healthy. That's mm-hmm. a huge part of, you know, the way we, you know, express ourselves and the way we look and the way we feel. It's eating. It's not just exercise. So we can't discount that part and just focus on the exercise part. So mm-hmm. no, yeah. that's, that's all so important. And I, I, truly, I have a bunch of friends that are in New York. Um, I was actually just with a few of them uh, this past weekend celebrating St. Patrick's Day. And we made the joke. We were like, ah, like it's not getting, you know, it's not as easy as it was when we were in college to hop around bars and, and, you know, our bodies. Like you're still young, you're still young, (laughs) still young, but you, I already can feel it. And I think part of that is not, you know, not taking proper care, at least, you know, speaking for myself, not taking proper care of my body as well as I should be. You know, you brought up just what we can do during the day, getting up, stretching, moving around, keeping the body moving. Um, I think that's so important. And I I feel super enlightened from this conversation. And I love that you do online videos because like I mentioned, I travel around a bit. I'm in the UK right now. And I definitely want to find something that will help sort of ease that tension, um, you know, make me feel a little bit more relaxed, make me feel more loose. And I feel like, I don't know, not just saying that because you're here in front of me, but I feel like Pilates might be, might be the trick. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it just, it, it works hand in hand, all of them together, right? So when you exercise, you tend to do a better choices with food choices too, you know? So it's not like you're thinking about it twice. I'm like, I'm going to exercise and I want to eat the salad versus if you don't exercise, it's most likely that you're not going to eat the salad. So I think just doing it all works together in order for you to get what you want to get and feeling good and feeling energized and actually feeling confident and feeling good about yourself, you know, because Every day it's a new day, you know, and every day you can choose to have a day where it's like, mm, I'm not going to do nothing today. Or you might choose to have a really healthy day and you feel good at the end of the day. So the more healthy days you can have, the better you're going to feel about yourself and the better you're going to look over time and feel over time. And that's going to give you the longevity that you want. You know, if you get into the pattern where, It's like, okay, I'm going to cheat today. I'm going to cheat today. That's not even a thing, cheating. You know, it's just more like consistency and lifestyle on what do you want to eat? You can eat whatever you want as long as you don't overdo it. Like, you know, I have dessert and I have, you know, I have anything I want to have. But like many times, you know, I tell people like, just have a spoon of dessert. Like, why why do you have to eat the whole thing? Like the whole thing will make you feel so bad, you know? And it's funny because I was saying today, just in a class before, I'm like, you know, working out is like eating. Like, for example, if you go for a meal and you eat too much, you don't feel good. If you don't eat enough, you don't feel good. You feel like you need to eat more. But if you just sit enough, you're just going to feel amazing. So same way you want to exercise, you know, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to like exercise two hours a day. You know, but in the same time, you don't want to underdo mm-hmm. it. You want to feel like I did something, you know what I mean? So it just has to be perfect for you in that specific day. You have to listen to your body. You know, that's the, the end of it. That is so true. That's so true. 
Um, but yeah, Laura, like, like I said, you're doing, you're doing so many amazing things. And I think what you've done with natural Pilates is, is so awesome. And starting out from scratch, you know, from your, your work in, in massage as a massage therapist, and then moving into Pilates, which, you know, you just felt called to do that and really starting out and not knowing anything about how to run or operate a business and growing it to where you have all these different studios, you know, in, in, on the West coast and East coast in the States is so awesome. And I just, I I personally think it's so inspiring and I always love to conclude on advice and with this being handling it, I always like to ask, you know, has there been throughout your, your journey with Pilates, with, you know, running a business, has there been any advice or a lesson that you've learned that's really helped you handle it? I think I live my my life every day through trying to do the best I can. And I think if you're trying to do your best, you can have any regrets because you did your best. And when you try to do the best, you're just the best you're going to do to have the best results. So you know, my advice for anybody that is listening is, you know, as long as you did your best, it's nothing more you can do, you know, and it's not just that, but put a lot of passion into it and do it a hundred percent. You know, many times we just do things halfway. It's, it's not going to work. You're not going to be successful with just doing it halfway. Like you got to go a hundred percent. You got to be committed And you have to be consistent. So two things, I would say consistency and, you know, do your best every day in whatever you do. It doesn't have to be business, Mm. just anything else. Yeah, I love that. I I, I try and tell myself that too, whenever I get, you know, stressed out or upset over something with work or life or whatever. And I just try and ask myself, like, did I do the best I can do? Yeah, like. I gave it my all. If you're giving something your all and you're acknowledging that, like it, it helps you see that, you know, the the stress, the the worry, the fret, all of that like isn't really worth it because you're already giving something your energy. And like you brought up earlier, things take time. I think now it's really easy to, you know, want stuff so, so fast, want stuff so soon, but things take time. And as long as you're, you know, putting in your effort day in, day out, every day, you know, those dreams, those, you know, the things, the goals that you want to achieve will become much more achievable day by day, as long as you're putting in that effort. So I think that's great advice. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and then where can people, of course, follow along with you and natural Pilates and, and keep up with everything that you're continuing to do with the company? Okay, so we have an Instagram page, it's Natural Pilates, and TikTok, it's Natural Pilates TV. Uh, and yeah, those are probably the two mainstream social media. And then we have a Twitter, uh, um, we have a LinkedIn account, uh, Natural Pilates um, as well. So awesome. Message us if you have any questions. I don't know. <laughs> It's up, it's up to, it's up to all you listeners if you want to get involved, but I say that, um, your Instagram page that, you know, I was checking it out and you have some amazing different, I love that you do. It's, it's super interactive. There's so many different videos and reels and, you know, you could follow along. I was already trying to, you know, before we hopped on the call, 
trying to figure out the different sort of techniques. And I love that you showed the equipment um, and the different ways to use it. Uh, that that was so awesome for me. Like I said, I'm a I'm a novice. I'm a beginner when it comes to all this. I don't know much about it. Um, but after this conversation, I am very eager to get involved and to start. So thank you so much, Laura, you know, for coming on to chat. I'm going to be linking everything up in this episode description so that people can, you know, follow along with you in your journey and hopefully take some Pilates classes. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay, everybody, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Laura and learning about natural Pilates. I personally loved getting to hear her story with business and especially learning about how she handled running natural Pilates during the pandemic. And if you're new to Pilates like I am, I hope today's conversation piqued your interest. I'll be leaving all of the information on natural Pilates, including a link to their YouTube channel in the episode description so that you can check out what workouts they offer remotely. Thank you to Laura so much for coming on and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I will see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.